welcome to the Rock Your Purpose podcast, home of the Rock Your Purpose revolution. This is the place to find inspiration and life-changing tools to awaken your authentic self and activate your purpose. Inspirational speaker and international teacher Emily Perry will take you behind the scenes in creating your own purpose revolution. So get ready to rock your purpose, lead your tribe and manifest your vision for your life. Here's your host, Emily Perry. Welcome back to the Rock Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Emily Perry. And in this episode, we have a special guest, Locke Kelly. In this interview, Locke and I dove into the power of effortless mindfulness in your life. And I'm so excited to share this one with you. It's funny, a few days after I booked this interview with him, a few of my friends posted on Instagram and Facebook about how much they loved his work and how much they loved his books and how much impact it's really had on their life. And so I just knew it was meant to be to have him on this show. So we dive into his new book called The Way of Effortless Mindfulness, and we dive into the ways in which, you know, mindfulness can impact your life and really support you in so many ways. And so such an honor to have him on the show. A little bit more about him before we dive in. Locke Kelly is the author of the bestseller, The Way of Effortless Mindfulness. He is a licensed psychotherapist and a recognized leader in the field of meditation. He's the founder of the nonprofit Open Hearted Awareness Institute and has worked in community mental health. He's established homeless shelters and counseled family members of 9-11. Locke has studied in Sri Lanka, India, and at Columbia University, and he collaborates with neuroscientists at Yale, UPenn, and NYU in the study of how awareness training can enhance compassion and well-being. You can find out more about him at lockkelly.org. So that's L-O-C-H-K-E-L-L-Y dot O-R-G. All right, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the show, Locke. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Emily. I'm really excited to talk to you and to your uh, group of students. Thank you. For, yeah, I'm just so excited to have you on here. When your team sent me the way of effortless mindfulness, I was just so excited, first of all, just to dive into it. Once I looked at the table of contents, there's just so much amazing wisdom in here. And what I love about you know your work, it seems like that um, so much of your teaching is so applicable to our everyday lives, which is you know, really what a lot of the focus of this podcast is about. And I was just wondering, like, how did you get into, like, how did you discover meditation? Like, what led you on this path to the work that you are doing now? Sure. I'm happy to share. There's a couple of stories. And uh, as most of us who are on this call now know, if you really kind of look back, as I look back in my history and I go like, oh yeah, that, oh right, that, oh yeah, that synchronicity, oh yeah, that meeting that person. So it's kind of funny when you kind of uh, begin to take a moment and look back. Uh, and so one of the everyday uh, events that led me onto this uh, path of uh, effortless mindfulness was actually playing sports. So I was, 14 years old, and I was playing a lot of sports. I had um, a l- little ADD and some dyslexia, so I would struggle and have to be very effortful 
-hmm. in school, but somehow when I, in music and in sports particularly, I um, felt very free and very uh, connected and very uh, relational and uh, kind of in my body and in my mind. So um, I was playing ice hockey goalie. And that fall, before I started that season when I was 14, I heard on a football uh, broadcast, uh, one of the broadcasters say, he's got eyes in the back of his head. And I thought, oh, eyes in the back of his head. I kind of know what that means, but let me see if I can do that. And I literally first was working with my eyes, but then I eventually found this way of literally opening my awareness around, kind of like you open your peripheral vision uh, when you're driving. Mm -hmm. And I just continued to open the awareness around to the side where sounds coming, going. And then somehow my awareness continued to open around to this 360 degree panoramic awareness. And then I just dropped into my body and felt interconnected with everything. And so I went off to play uh, different sports from there. And uh, one day my, uh, my best friend on the ice hockey team was like, man, that was amazing. How did you do that? You know, you, 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 you know, you had a shutout and you made these saves. And I was like, do you really want to know? And then I kind of explained what I just said. And he just sat there with a jaw drop and said, oh, cool. <laughs> and, um, walked away. But one of the seniors on the team uh, heard me in the next uh, practice. He came and threw a book at me and said, here, kid, read this. And <laughs> it was uh, Zen and the Art of Archery. So all the whole tradition, it's kind of related to sports, but then it's like this whole other world of how people value this and how it's kind of one of the most important things in the world in certain uh, meditation and wisdom traditions, let me, you know, go further into it. So that is kind of how I started to be curious and follow this, uh, this path. Wow, that's, yeah, it's amazing. It's funny how we, yeah, I think if you, we all look back, we have these moments where it's like that aha moment or that, that kind of insight, that little glimpse of, of what's possible or just dropping, you know, dropping the, the, um, linearly thinking mind and just being in that sense of that space of flow. And um, what yeah. I love about this approach that you have in your book is it's all about, instead of trying to make something happen, like this deliberate mindfulness technique, which is great too, you talk about um, effortless mindfulness. And can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. So kind of just to pick up from where I was, um, the effortlessness is not that you don't make an initial small effort like opening awareness up or dropping or <clears throat> letting go or surrender or shifting awareness but that when you do that like i did playing sports all of a sudden i'm aware from an effortless awareness and it's not just a passive uh, meditation state where i'm stuck on a cushion and, you know, grooving out with, you know, feeling like no thoughts. It's literally that I've shifted into this upgraded 
uh, operating system of awareness-based knowing, and I can feel like I'm embodied and interconnected and uh, in this flow, and there's a sense of peace, and I'm not uh, <clears throat> dominated by my chattering mind, or there's you know no sense of worry or fear or shame. And if those feelings come, there's this larger sense of almost unconditional love and support that's here. And so this is kind of the optimal uh, way that, you know, yoga and meditation and Taoism and um, all of the wisdom traditions, the gals and guys who are the wise gals and wise guys of the world uh, have described. And one of the main premises um, of the most advanced practices is that this is already here within us, that each and every one of us has this already installed awareness-based flow system, this well-being, this peace of mind. Um, and so um, that's been my interest. So, okay, if it's already here, if it's really as close as our breath, mm-hmm. how do we, how have we missed it? And how can we discover it, access it, and most importantly, live from it. Yeah, because it's if we can live from it, that's when that you really start to to change your life. And we talk about this all the time. I'm a yoga teacher, and I teach yoga teachers. And one of the things we talk about all the time is, you know, really, how do you take your practice off the mat? It's all great mm-hmm. if it's on the cushion <laughs> or on the mat. You know, it's like it's all well and good there, but like the real uh-huh. challenge can be in our everyday life when like the things are actually happening, you know, the, the, the moments of intensity or, you know, the, the edgy parts of our lives when the, when those parts of our lives are happening, like how do we really actually take the tool into our life? Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about this book is it seems like it's, I mean, it's, so you guys need to go and pick this up. We'll have the link in the show notes for you, but it has so many practices in here that are, just these beautiful, um, and I've never seen anything like this before. So that's why I was so excited about it. I mean, I've been studying meditation since 1994. And um, yeah. uh, there's so many practices in here that are these, these ways to just drop into presence and embodiment. And um, it seems like such a beautiful way to weave this into living. And what have you seen, how have you seen this effortless mindfulness shift in people's lives and in your own life? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this is the amazing thing is that uh, this is in some ways, one of the reasons you haven't seen it is because it literally 20 years ago was kind of hidden, Mm. mostly. In other words, it's an advanced practice, but this advanced practice is actually simpler in some ways once you get a feel for it initially it's like what wait a minute what no couldn't be this simple couldn't be this good you know and then it's primarily the practice is small glimpses many times during the middle of your day with your eyes open so rather than having to go on a retreat or uh, do longer practices to become more advanced Mm -hmm. you literally uh, learn the principles and the feel of shifting your awareness, mm-hmm. which we can go into what that is. It's not attention, and it's not effort, and it's not will, and it's not 
your mind, but you feel this kind of awareness that returns home to this open-hearted awareness. And that, um, that uh, <laughs> is the heart-mind or the way that you then just go right back to whatever you're doing. And it isn't so much about what's arising or what situation, it's really who is it arising to and who is responding rather than reacting. So we're going to the root of who we are and what kind of mind uh, we're aware from. And that changes everything rather than trying to move the pieces on the chessboard of my life or even, you know, replace positive, you know, <clears throat> positive thinking for negative thinking. Uh, it's not mental. It's not just the inner contents. It's really shifting to the context of what's aware, who's aware, where are you aware from. Oh, wow. So did you want to, could you speak to that idea of shifting that, that shift that you're speaking to? Sure. And, you know, I can even do a little inquiry or we can do a couple during this, but um, so it's kind of the, it's almost like the wisdom traditions of the world uh, have pretty much said the same thing about what the problem is at its root. Um, and to say it very simply is that there is a kind of habitual small consciousness, uh, whether you call it separate sense of self or small thought-based mind and personality that feels limited to um, a perceiver or I think therefore I am. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's a thought bank loop uh, that is referencing emotion and thought and feels disconnected from a greater source or a greater whole. And so that habit just seems to be a biological, almost evolutionary and developmentally supported way of functioning uh, that's more uh, survival oriented, but mm -hmm. then becomes very mental. And mm -hmm. so uh, amazing premise here is rather than just deconstructing that or stopping thought, there's a way to shift out of that and then into immediately the new operating system, which is aware and embodied and capable of responding. So usually that progression takes, you know, three years, 30 years or three lifetimes, you know, but <laughs> this takes, <laughs> this takes, this takes literally to get a glimpse three minutes or, you know, 13 minutes. So, you know, this, this habit of orienting by thought creates a thinker that if when I ask people, I say, well, where are you listening to what I'm saying from? And where are you looking from? Where are you located? Just feel that, you know, yeah. don't think about it. And it feels like it's in the middle of our heads looking out of our eyes or somewhere in kind of a cloud. It could be a little bigger or lower of emotions and thoughts, but kind of this cloud. And so the premise is that this awareness can shift out of the cloud and realize that we're also the sky. Mm. And the sky is actually also like an ocean that's connected to everybody and everything on another level. 
and it includes the cloud and the ocean awareness is arising as this wave of our personality, but it's now, uh, there's something greater than our small self, more primary, more intelligent, more loving. So the habit is this little mini me, is what I call it, <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> uh, is trying to solve the problem problem of identity through self-referencing thinking. Yeah. So it, it's trying to get something. I mean, even the word for suffering in Buddhism uh, is dukkha, and yeah. it's often translated as perpetual dissatisfaction. So when we try to find out who we are or try to get happiness from this small, separate thought-based sense of self, we're just continually perpetually dissatisfied and it it just will glom on to anything that's wrong in the world and oh no that too oh this not and it'll never uh relax because it's the wrong uh place to look from <laughs> you're looking from a, a thought-based center that's trying to solve a problem so with that as a premise uh -huh. um, i can just ask this one little inquiry and see what people feel uh, might happen. So the premise is there's already another awareness-based knowing here. So if you were to ask yourself as you listen now and just take one or two minutes of silence to shift your awareness to feel what's here, uh, just inquire what's here now when there's no problem to solve. Mm. Yeah, that's such a sweet um, inquiry too, because it does, it drops you out of the, the monkey mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, it can, and the key is not to stop at the gap of not knowing or just space or just relief, but then to stay and, and, and with this premise, okay, well, I don't have to just relax with meditation or yoga and de-stress and then come back and function from the small mini me. Mm -hmm. I literally, it's not just the monkey mind, it's the monkey me. <laughs> and now I can, from this, you know, unity consciousness or uh, effortless mindfulness or embodied presence, I can embrace the monkey me or the body mind while remaining and being able to respond from this greater mind, this larger no self self that is um, has this quality of love or compassion um, that then you can learn to to live from. Yeah, I love that too, because it's like everything gets included, right? So no parts of, I think sometimes people come to meditation um, and mindfulness initially thinking that like, oh, that part of me needs to change or that part of me doesn't get included. Or if they have all these thoughts that are coming up, it's sort of like there's this, this immediate, um, you know, what we call a yoga aversion, mm -hmm. you know, this pushing away of the moment. Instead is like, oh, I love what you're speaking to is this idea of like, you know, everything gets included, like even the monkey me <laughs> and the monkey yeah, mind exactly. and 
all it, it's mm. part of our experience and yes. it's in the rejection i think that we stay divided right we are yes and um i know your it looks like adi ashanti has you know reviewed this book but i love how he speaks to this idea of being undivided and this practice that you just described is is really that right it's this um yes. yeah it's just coming to this place of of uh, and there's yeah. so much yeah, adi ashanti and i are good good Oh yeah, yeah, another yeah makes total sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, this idea of of not rejecting our experience and and having that holistic view, I love that also that that simple practice is because it drops you out of the mind. You're able to see that holistic viewpoint of of, yes. of one's experience. Yeah, and here's here's the unique thing. So one of the main distinctions I make is that this is a you're shifting levels of mind and levels of identity. So if you just practice like most people do, kind of do spiritual practices from a preliminary practice level mm -hmm. with good intention and changing your attitudes and changing your thinking, uh, you'll only get so far because you remain in the cloud of the dualistic mind. You'll get some relief and stress relief. So for instance, if you attitudinally oh i just need to accept everything as it is okay so now i'm going to just accept everything as it is and now i'm accepting everything as it is <laughs> and then you feel a little relief and then another part of you is going to come and go like yeah but what about that other thing that the person said and you're going to just accept that and you're like well i have to stop stop saying that you know i have to accept everything as it is and you end up in this uh spiritual ego kind of practice that is you know better than not doing anything but the unique thing here is we're acknowledging all these parts of ourselves mm -hmm. shifting out of the cloud into this greater uh, intelligence and loving presence that naturally already accepts everything as it is mm -hmm. and that's the difference is you're not trying to accept everything as it is you're <laughs> discovering the dimension of you that's always accepted everything as it is on that level mm -hmm. and then from that capacity you literally can be with traumatized parts of yourself shame-based parts uh fear-based parts but not only that but angry parts hateful parts that you don't want to feel that feel unspiritual but are just parts of you that are trying to find love and trying to protect you from hurts past and imagined future, but also will be triggered in current situations where you feel ignored or disrespected or uh, judged, they'll come up because they don't know there's another sense of being that can love and protect you. Mm. Um, and so that's the, the last couple chapters of of my book is literally uh, bringing neuroscience and psychology into this advanced meditation practice and doing parts-based work from this loving self, from this open-hearted awareness. It becomes almost very simple mm -hmm. once you learn to shift and once you learn that you're the sky and once you learn that the sky includes the cloud and has this loving ability, this huge capacity to be with uh, to bear what seemed to be unbearable because the small ego, even spiritual ego, cannot 
bear the most emotional parts of a sensitive human being. Mm -hmm. The fear, the terror, the sadness, the shame, the, the trauma. Only this upgraded capacity of your being, which you already have, can be with and love and kind of unburden these and liberate these parts of you because they first of all see that they're just parts. Mm-hmm. but they are real. Meditation kind of tries to med- meditate away, as you said, uh, or kind of, and they will dissolve uh, if you just deconstruct them into thoughts, feelings, sensations mm-hmm. for that time on the cushion, but then they're going to constellate and come back. Yes, I love that. Yeah, you speak to this in the last couple chapters of of your book. It speaks a lot to, um, yeah, the healing piece and, you know, what you call the psychological underpass and how, yeah, some of these practices, they might, um, yeah, let you create that that moment of freedom, maybe on the cushion, but then, yeah, what happens when you're re-triggered <laughs> out yeah. in the world, you know, as we all are, you know, it's like if we can't live in bubbles anymore <laughs> with, with the state of the world as it is. And, and so how do we build that real resilience? And this is, this is what I love about um, some of these practices that you mentioned. It's just like, it's like this real, it's the real resilience of our, our, of our you know, our true nature. Mm-hmm. that we get to access find you know that that deep healing through and what i love about these practices as well is that there's there is this this way to when we have that glimpse of like our our true nature and the, or the, this this larger self there's a sense of freedom that comes from that too because you start to really see wow i'm not just my thought patterns i'm not my habitual thinking i'm not the stories I've been telling myself all these years <laughs> and there's that, that opening that gets created for people in terms of like what they can, you know, the life they can live from there on out. No, go, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. I mean, in some ways that progression of like deliberate mindfulness in its value, you see who you're not, that you're not your thoughts. You're not just this mini me mm-hmm. and then effortless mindfulness you discover who you are so that you live from a new uh, sense of being. Yes. And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast too about, you know, what we called, you know, one's personal Dharma, the Swadharma and yoga, um, this kind of greater sense of purpose that we have. And this is the place I think where we get to really tap into that when we, when we tap into that, that, that greater sense of self, you get to see beyond you and mm-hmm. and you get to um, really see like okay what would serve you know how can I be beyond my ego and how can I show up and serve in the way I feel called to serve, and it becomes like your work in the world moves through you as opposed to being of you right it's not so much you know you are you know for example the the vehicle through which these teachings come through onto this planet right now right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I'm sure you probably have that sense of the work moving through you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's like kind of, uh, yeah, it's amazing. When you, when you shift into this dimension, uh, that's the new foundation of, you know, open-hearted awareness, this loving heart, heart mind, it's just you have a new motivation to connect. You see through the eyes of the heart that everyone is you. It's like, oh, we're all connected. And, mm-hmm. and so motivated by love rather than anger or hate or 
or worry. And, uh, and there's a natural humility, almost like, well, I'm certainly not doing any of this. This is all happening, but I'm glad I'm on board here. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a fun ride. And, yeah. and then the feeling is, you know, from, is, is almost like saying to people, hey, the water's great, come on in. You know, like, it's not yeah. trying to sell anything. It's just saying, like, you wouldn't believe what you're going to feel like if you just literally learn these new, these new ancient practices that uh, are just literally made available. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, trying to, group of us like Adi Shanti and myself are trying to kind of uh, translate them into more everyday language. Yeah. And that's the power. It's such a powerful offering what you guys are offering because it's, I mean, this is what is so needed right now. And what I hear a lot from my students and people, um, you know, in my Facebook groups and and whatnot is that people are struggling a lot with, you know, uh, a sense of a fear of taking the wrong step or like a sense of underlying anxiety and, um, you know, of course, there's so much happening in, we're in this big shift globally right now, but um, I was just, I just wanted to ask you if you could give maybe a practice or a, just like a short little practice for people who are in this place of um, feeling overwhelmed or anxious um, and we're how, in a way that they might be able to get some, some relief from that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I mean, that's the, the whole premise here. Um, that you can't like make yourself not anxious mm-hmm. <laughs> that if you're operating from the calmest ego or spiritual ego or you've done you know do live in a monastery or a cave or yoga ashram uh you're gonna be perpetually dissatisfied and either a little anxious or a little depressed mm-hmm. because your little me can't bear a fully intimate sensitive human life Mm -hmm. you have to upgrade so that's the only option so dropping out either down within Mm -hmm. so many people are drawn to yoga uh, like to calm their body and mind through behavior through action through tend to be sometimes inner types Um, others like to open up to uh, more space eventually it's it's both this kind of, you, you feel like you're equally inside and out, whether you go through like an inner door or an outer door opening to the sky or dropping through the deepest, subtlest dimension within. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do this uh, one, which is uh, what I call uh, shifting from head to heart mind. Great. Yeah, so this is kind of unique in that <laughs> I'll be introducing some things you can read about a little bit more, but the premise is that when I'm asking uh, you to unhook awareness from thought and have it drop down to know your jaw from within and know your throat directly from within your throat and then drop down below your neck to find this heart space or your heart mind, uh, I'm not talking to you, the doer. I'm not talking to you, the ego. I'm not talking to you, the meditator. I'm literally talking to the awake you mm. that is awake 
awareness itself. And that awareness, which is identified or attached <clears throat> to thinking and actually to a meditator, to simply uh, step back or open and then move, kind of decenter, so that you aren't aware from uh, a focuser on your breath, as if there's a you know usual way of focusing on your breath or doing mindful yoga would be to be mindful of what you're doing or what's happening, like your breath, from your head or from a meditator. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do here is literally have awareness move at center so the subject and object, the awareness, is knowing your throat from within your throat. And you're actually able to feel your body from within your body as awareness, space, and aliveness. Uh, so Great. that's the premise. So, um, you know, just starting wherever you are and... Probably if you're driving, you could do this later. <laughs> but uh, for those at home, uh, you can also do this later too, uh, which is good to go back and listen again. This is the first time. So, um, you know, and some of these glimpses work for some people and some work later. And, and then many of these glimpses I divide into kind of different learning types and learning styles. And so, just give it a try with an open mind, open heart, see what happens. So just start with kind of the normal felt sense of understanding that we're about to do something mm -hmm. and feel that feeling in the middle of your head or that focuser or the understander. And then just, you know, just allow that to feel like it's a, a part of you that's trying to be helpful and thank that part for all its effort and sending it loving kindness and then asking it if it'll give you a little space to open to a bigger sense of loving self. And then feel as if awareness, which is identified and attached within that, can simply move itself and open to the space around you. Just notice that feeling of spacious awareness that you can be aware of the focuser is now the object of focus. And then feel as if that awareness can feel into your jaw and your smile as if it's dropped down and it's knowing your jaw directly from your jaw. And then somehow your awareness moves itself down into your throat so you can feel the space, the effervescent aliveness and the awareness directly from within your throat. And then feel as if awareness can move itself somehow just dropping below your neck, 
into your upper body. So the awareness doesn't have to go up to thought to know, doesn't have to stretch attention down, can just drop and know your upper body directly from within and just drop until you find in the middle of your body somewhere, kind of this safe space, this open door, heart space, heart mind, and feel as if you've decentered from your head and found this deep core of space, aliveness, and awareness. And not only being aware of this, but now feel as almost you're aware from here, as if all your senses come to this heart mind. And as if you're almost feeling out of the eyes of your heart, you may feel a deep core within and an open interconnected feeling. Just notice what it's like to not orient to thought to be. And you can even curiously allow your phone number to arise within your heart mind. And then let it go into this quiet, still, well-being, okayness, interconnected presence of this heart mind from which you now could speak or move. So if your eyes are closed, if you're able to just allow all senses, just let your eyes open and let your all your senses have equal rights so that your eyes remain soft and not have to become predominant so that you can feel as if you're still seeing through the eyes of the heart, feeling the connection from this quiet embodied presence. Well, thank you for that practice. That's a very powerful practice and i love that um, that moment of seeing your phone number <laughs> it's like wow this has never happened to me before <laughs> right but i really, really get that sense of yeah that dropping in well such a beautiful practice and it's been so be you know beautiful speaking with you and you know your latest book the way of effortless mindfulness of course we'll have all your books um linked in the the show notes and um, how they can get in touch with you. Um, but I know you also do many other things besides just not just writing books, but um, how are some ways that people can get in touch with you and work with you further? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the best way is um, just to go to my website and all sorts of things are listed there. Events and, uh, you know, free YouTubes and I travel around the United States, um, and certainly, you know, you really can't learn this by just reading a book. In some ways, this is a, a practice book, but it's a reference so that when you practice, you can kind of look back and go, oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then go back to 
either being guided or sometimes I recommend you read the practices from the book in your own voice into a recorder and then you'll hear your own voice guide you through. Uh, but I travel around, I'll be teaching in Europe in the fall and then uh, out in Seattle and California, New York. And uh, Please go to my website and I'd love to see you all sometime at a weekend or week-long uh, retreat. Anyone who wants to come to Italy in September, you're welcome because there's a few spaces left and that should be a beautiful uh, retreat, yeah. but there's others available as well. Oh, great. And yeah, so your website is lockkelly.org. And again, we'll have all of that linked up for for you. And for those of you who are yeah checking out the book, um, it's amazing because these glimpses that he has given us in the podcast episode today, they are, there are many, many, many in this book. And so there's, it's a practice guide for sure. And in the back, there's even an index of, of the practices, the list of mindful glimpses. So it's a really well-designed book and um, really usable and so full. It's already highlighted and I've got it, you know, post-it notes all over the place. And <laughs> But it is a book that's designed for practicing, right? So, you know, a lot of us like to be, yeah. you know, you know, I like to call them, I mean, I'm, I like to read as well, but a lot of this is like, okay, you read, but then you practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, you're able to do them in the middle of your day short three minutes to six minutes usually and uh they'll change your change your life it's been a total gift for me to receive a lot of these teachings and kind of stumble into them really and now i'm just you know trying to freely give them away and help people to uh, alleviate suffering and to find their natural joy of being Yes, thank you so much for yeah all the work that you do and helping people wake up to the possibility of of their life. And um, it was so great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Emily. Really nice to meet you and to talk with you. And I look forward to to meeting you another time. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for for joining us. And take care. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to head over to your favorite podcast player, hit subscribe, rate and review the show. It's really helpful for us and for other people when you give us a review because it helps people find the show, helps grow the tribe and it helps spread our message. So thank you so much for listening. And I would love it if you would take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and you can tag us in Instagram. You can tag Locke at LockKelly1. So LockKelly1. You can tag me at emilyperry.co and I would love to connect with you over there and InstaStory. And I would love to see what your big takeaway was from today's show. And lastly, I wanted to remind you that the doors are open to Pathway to Purpose Academy. If you're looking to grow your soul business, if you're looking to take these mindfulness tools into your life and your work and really serve your people, your tribe in a deeper way, then this is for you. You can head to emilyperryyoga.com academy, learn more about our 12-week journey together that starts in September. You can also grab a free call with me. It's just called the Clarity Call. It's a free little mini coaching call and we just kind of check out, see what's going on with you, see how I can serve you and support you 
on this journey because that's why we're here, right? We're all here to be of service and to lift each other up, right? We all rise up together. And so it's just such an honor to be here with you. And I can't wait to connect with you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here at the Rock Your Purpose podcast. Be well, take care, and I'll talk to you soon.